We've been in the book of Romans on Sunday morning, but because it's Father's Day, we turn aside from the book of Romans just for this Sunday uh, to look at a passage of Scripture in the Old Testament, a story, really. We'll look at several verses, the story of a young girl whose name was Hadassah. I need to set up Hadassah's childhood for you. You need to understand who she was first. Her childhood was very sad. Uh, she was growing up a, a refugee, an exile in a pagan land amidst a pagan culture. Uh, worst of all, Hadassah's mom and dad died, leaving her an orphan. But God, in his grace and mercy, had a plan for Hadassah's life, even though she was one of those children, Brother Doug, who didn't have a mom and dad. God appointed her a father. A man named Mordecai, who had been, uh, her, her daddy had been his uncle. Mordecai felt it his responsibility, felt it his calling to adopt this little girl named Hadassah. That's her Jewish name. And he raised her as his own daughter. Uh, so her name means, by the way, the name Hadassah means myrtle. And it referred to a bush that grew, that the flowers had a pleasing aroma. And her, so, so what Mordecai was doing, he was raising this little girl named Hadassah to live in such a way so that the aroma of her life would be pleasing to the king of heaven. Now, you know her in the Bible as a woman named Esther. The name Esther means star, but her Jewish name was Hadassah. And most of the time, I'll refer to her by that name. The title of my message comes from the scripture this morning, from the book of Esther, chapter 1, beginning to read in verse 5. Now, there was in the citadel of Susa a Jew whose name was Mordecai, the son of Jair, the son of Shimei, the son of Kish, a Benjamite, who had been taken into exile from Jerusalem with the captives who had been exiled with Jeconiah, king of Judah, whom Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, had exiled. He was bringing up Hadassah, that is Esther, his uncle's daughter, for she had no father or mother, now the young lady was beautiful of form and face, and when her father and mother died, Mordecai took her as his own daughter. Now, over the past weeks, what I've been trying to do is show you how the book of Romans in the New Testament is relevant to the 21st century. Well, if anything is more relevant to the 21st century than the book of Romans, it is the book of Esther. And it is the struggle of this man, Mordecai, who was trying to raise an, a godly girl in an ungodly culture. And so that is the rest of the message. I want to show you, dads, some principles on how you can raise godly daughters in this ungodly culture in which we're living. Chapter 2 of Esther opens with the search for a queen. Uh, the king in that day had been dissatisfied with his wife, the queen, because she wouldn't comply to a request, so he just got rid of her and decided that they would get a new queen. And so in the, in the course of the story, all these young maidens are 
brought in, really taken as they had already been taken captive and brought to this pagan land, they were taken captive again and made a part of the king's harem so that they could select one of these young women to be his queen. And so in Esther chapter 2, verse 4, we read that the one strict qualification of this woman was that she should be pleasing to the king, and that's the earthly king. Of course, Mordecai was raising Esther to be a god. He was a godly man in an ungodly culture, and in that climate, he answered God's call to bring up Hadassah in such a way so that her life, the aroma of her life, would be pleasing to the king of heaven. And so if you've got a little girl, if you're the first, I want to remind you that if you are the father of a daughter, you are so by divine appointment. Now, I speak to this as the father of three daughters, three grown daughters. I did not think that it was my mission in life to be the father of daughters. I thought I ought to have three boys or a boy, and I thought I would raise them to be hoodlums like myself, to be ruffians like myself. So God instead gave me three daughters, and he sort of changed my whole approach to, to parenting in life. That really changed my life and changed my perspective. And I realized that it was my responsibility by divine appointment, as it was Mordecai's responsibility by divine appointment. If you have a daughter, it is your divine appointment. God has called you, assigned you to be her dad. Now, Hadassah was chosen to be one of the young women. She was pulled from her home. And uh, during that time that she was away from her home, although she was taken away, Mordecai never abandoned his role as her dad. In verse 8 of chapter 2, we read, So it came about when the command and the decree of the king was heard, and many young ladies were gathered together into the citadel of Susa, into the custody of Haggai, that Esther was taken to the king's palace in the custody of Haggai, who was in charge of the women. Now the young lady pleased him and found favor with him, so he quickly provided her with cosmetics and food, gave her seven choice maids from the king's palace, and transferring her maids to the best place in the harem. Esther did not make known her people or her kindred, for Mordecai had instructed her that she should not make them known. Look at verse 11, please. Every day, Mordecai walked back and forth in front of the court of the harem to learn how Esther was and how she fared. Every day, he checked on her. Every day, he carried a concern on her. He felt no less her father than if she had been his own child. One of the things that you learn about being a dad is that once you begin the journey, that responsibility is yours for the rest of your life. It is yours in good times. It is yours in bad times. It is yours when your little girl is happy. It is yours when your little girl is sad. Wherever she is and whatever she is doing, it will be important to her that her daddy takes an interest in her life. So how often did Mordecai investigate the welfare of Esther? The Bible says every day, every day he paced back and forth 
in front of that gate. He paced and he prayed. He, he waited and he worried so that, so that he could find out what was going on with his daughter. Listen, when a little girl knows that her daddy loves her, the advice and wisdom provided by her dad will take deep root in her heart. She will always know that her daddy has her best interest at heart. Does your little girl know that about you? Does she know that you have her best interest at heart? Even today, after your daughters are grown, I always encourage dads to spend time with their children. I think that's vitally important, especially little girls. There's a song that impacted my heart several years ago, and it goes like this. Seize the day, seize whatever you can, for life slips away just like hourglass sand. Seize the day, pray for grace from God's hand that nothing will stand in your way. Seize the day. We, we live in fleeting moments. Those children are ours for just a moment in time, and we have an opportunity to shape their heart. And like it happens in every daughter's life, one day some guy, uh, some guy looked at Hadassah. She caught his eye and decided that she would be his wife. And for Hadassah, that just happened to be the king of Persia. And the Bible says in chapter 2, verse 17, the king loved Esther more than all the women, and she found favor and kindness with him more than all the virgins, so that he set the royal crown on her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. The day will come when your daughter will catch someone's eye and they will fall in love with her, but she should know, as did Hadassah, that no one, no one will ever love her more than her daddy. And the only way that she will know that is if you show her. Bringing up Hadassah meant spending time with her. It meant teaching her. It meant talking to her. It meant letting his daughter see what his values were. Show your Hadassah that you love her and, and she will always treasure the things that are important to you. She will live by your words and your wisdom. Now look at chapter 2, verses 19 and 20. When the virgins were gathered together the second time, when then Mordecai was sitting at the king's gate, Esther had not yet made known her kindred or her people, even as Mordecai commanded her for here she is, she's married now, she's married, and look at what it says. Esther did what Mordecai told her as she had done when she was under his care. She did that because that was home training. Her daddy taught her to live that way, to, to respect his advice, and she followed his advice. I want to ask you a question. Is the phrase, daddy's little girl, a phrase your daughter simply wears as a cute t-shirt? Or is it emblazoned on her heart when she sees the look in your eye when you look at her? Bringing up Hadassah, your Hadassah, the one that God has placed into your care, will, will take a small space out of your life. It'll take some time. It'll take some energy. It will require that you reluctantly hold pink things and dress dolls, but you will never regret the time that you take to do it. Fail with your Hadassah, 
and you will live to regret it the rest of your life. I have a feeling that Mordecai never referred to his daughter as Esther. That was her Persian name. She was his Hadassah. Esther means star, but she didn't have to be the queen of Persia to be the star of his heart. When did, by the way, Hadassah cease to need Mordecai? When was his role and responsibility as a father finished? Well, most of you know you're never finished. You're never finished being a dad. Let me show you something here. One of the things Mordecai continued to do after Esther was married, she no longer lived at his house and under his care. He continued to be a strong spiritual and moral example after she was married. You might know the story of Esther and how this evil man named Haman plotted plotted to destroy all the Jews because he didn't like Esther's daddy. Esther's daddy was a Jew. The story is in chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, and the verses perhaps will be on the screen. I'm going to shorten it just a little bit by telling you the story. Haman was honored by the king, and Haman wanted everybody to bow to him. That was, that was his desire. But when he passed by Mordecai, Hadassah's daddy, Mordecai wouldn't bow because he didn't bow to anybody but God. Her daddy didn't bow. He didn't bend his knee to the culture. He didn't shape his morals to fit the culture. Rather, he bowed his knee and bent his knee only to the service of the God of heaven. And Haman, this evil guy, Haman, couldn't stand him for it. So he went to the king and made arrangements with the king that, that because he hated Mordecai, that all of these Jews have to be wiped out. All of them have to be killed. And, of course, ultimately, that would have meant doing away with Esther, too, although nobody knew at this point in time that Hadassah or Esther was a Jew. Well, Hadassah, uh, her, while her daddy was out in the community, standing strong against the culture and trying to be the man God wanted him to be. Where was Hadassah? Hadassah was living in the palace. She was living in the life of luxury. The Bible says she participated in banquets where there were hangings of fine white and violet linen held by cords of fine purple linen on silver rings hanging on marble columns and couches of gold and silver on a mosaic pavement of porphyry, marble, mother of pearl, and precious stones. The drinks were served in golden vessels of various kinds, and the royal wine was plentiful according to the king's bounty. In that kind of environment, in that culture, Hadassah could have lost her way, but her daddy who modeled commitment to the Lord all her life, was still modeling that commitment out in the community. Her daddy would not bow to the culture. Her daddy was different. What about you, Dad? Do you realize that your greatest influence in the life of your daughter may not be when she's little, although that's formative, certainly. Your greatest influence in the life of your daughter may come after, after she's grown by decisions and commitments that you make. 
I'll always remember a moment in our church in Camden, in the Camden Baptist Church in Camden, Alabama, when I was pastor there. I had been pastor there for some years. And a man came forward. His name was Mitchell Pondurator. He came forward in the, in the service of the church and came down the aisle and recommitted his life to the Lord. When the service was over, his daughter's her name was Betty. Betty came up to me, and Betty was broken. Her heart was just broken. She said, I am 40 years old, and I have never seen my dad make a move toward God. This is the first time in my life when I've seen such a thing. It so moved her and so touched her life. I've been a pastor here now for almost six years, and I have yet to see some of you men Make a move toward God. I wonder when the last time your children saw you make such a step, such a move. When, the, when was the last time they saw you humble yourself before the Lord or bow your knees to the Lord? Or are you bending your knees to the culture? Godly men st stand strong before men and they bow low before God. Godly men are not ashamed to display their brokenness before their church and their family. And so Mordecai, he had to display his brokenness in this situation. We look at the passage of Scripture, chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. At the request of Haman, the Bible says, the king passed a law that all the Jews should be killed. So what did Mordecai do? Did he flee the country? No. Look at verse 1. When Mordecai learned all that had been done, he tore his clothes, put on sackcloth and ashes, went into the midst of the city and wailed loudly and bitterly. He went as far as the king's gate, for no one was to enter the king's gate clothed in sackcloth. In each and every province where the command and decree of the king came, there was great weeping and mourning among the Jews with fasting, weeping and wailing, and many lay on sackcloth and ashes. Then Esther's maidens and her eunuchs came and told her, and the queen writhed in great anguish, and she sent garments to clothe Mordecai that he might remove his sackcloth from him, but he did not accept them. Then Esther summoned Hatak from the king's eunuchs. She said, basically, go see what's wrong with my daddy. My daddy's broken. Why is my daddy broken? What is this brokenness that has come into the life of my daddy? Let me tell you, if whatever stirs your heart will stir the heart of your daughter. Whatever you're passionate about, she will be passionate about. If it's sports, she'll be passionate about sports. If it's cash, she'll be passionate about cash. If it's the Lord Jesus Christ, she'll be passionate about the Lord Jesus Christ. Bringing up Hadassah required that her daddy's heart be broken so that she could know the father's heart. I've always tried to let my girls know and tried to teach them down through the years that God had a purpose for their lives, a purpose that was higher than any purpose they had for themselves, a purpose that was higher than any purpose that I had for them, that God had a plan. Every little girl here, God has a plan for your life. Every young lady here, God has a plan for your life. Every woman here, God has a plan for your life. And it never ceases to be true. 
Let me share with you the last point of this message as we move toward the end. And that is your godly influence will help your daughter find God's purpose for her life. Perhaps one of the most well-known passages in the book of Esther comes uh, from the advice that Mordecai, Mordecai gives his Hadassah. So we look at chapter 4, verses 6 through 14. So Hatak went out to Mordecai to the city square in front of the king's gate. Remember, he's going to find out what's wrong with Hadassah's daddy. Mordecai told him all that happened to him and the exact amount of money that Haman had promised to pay the king's treasury for the destruction of the Jews. He also gave him a copy of the text of the edict, which has been issued in Susa for their destruction, that he might show Esther and inform her and to order her to go into the king to implore his favor and to plead with him for her people. Hatak came back and related Mordecai's words to Esther. Then Esther spoke to Hatak and ordered him to reply to Mordecai. All the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces know that for any man or woman who comes to the king to the inner court who is not summoned, he has but one law, that he be put to death unless the king holds out to him the golden scepter that he may live. And I have not been summoned to come to the king for these 30 days. In other words, she said, I can't do it. I, I might lose my life. It's, a, it's at risk of my life that I approach the king. I can't do that. But Mordecai is sending word to his daughter that there's a higher throne and there's a higher authority. And sometimes, sometimes, yes, at risk of your own life, you do what God wants you to do because it's the right thing to do. That just might be your destiny. That might be your God-appointed purpose. And so we look at the rest of the story in verse 13, or verse 12. They related Esther's words to Mordecai. Then Mordecai told them to reply to Esther, Do not imagine that you in the king's palace can escape any more than all the Jews. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise from the Jews from another place, and you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have not attained royalty for such a time as this. You've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. This is your moment. This is your destiny. This is why you've become queen of Persia. This is your time, Hadassah. This is your time to be the girl I raised you to be, to be the girl God wants you to be. Trust the heart of your Father in heaven and live your life in such a way so that even if your life is crushed, the aroma of your life will be pleasing to the king of heaven. So here's the story. This woman that we know in our Bible by the name of Esther was raised by a man named Mordecai who was appointed by God to be her dad. He invested his life and his heart in bringing up Hadassah and in doing so, he invested in eternity. God will honor the dad who is a godly influence in the life of his daughter. Lest you think I'm making too much of Mordecai's role in this book, I would have called it the book of Mordecai because Mordecai is mentioned 55 times in the book we know as the book of Esther. And Esther is only mentioned 49. His God-appointed role 
in the history of God's people was bringing up a little girl called Hadassah. As we close the service today, you will sit, no one will sing, and we'll watch a video to conclude our service. So oh.